the things on our mind, heaven's on our mind, his grace is on our mind, his mercy is on our mind, his love, unspeakable love in our life. And I'm so grateful for that today. Uh, we are also grateful for those that would love to be here and can't be here today. They, they, uh, they have things that are keeping them from being here with us in the house of God. And we're just grateful you're able to tune in with us and uh, pray that God will touch you in a very, very special, special way. Uh, I said a few weeks ago we won't go back. Amen. How many is not going back? Praise God. Uh, if you're not going back, stand up. Hallelujah. Then, uh, you know, we've got 100% support here. Praise God. I would say, even those that are not able to stand are standing in their heart. But this morning, we're not going back, but we're pressing forward to the joy of the Lord and the purpose of God for our church and for his purpose, his ministry in our life today. And uh, I will say this, and I will always continue to say this, what we do is not about us, it's always about him. If we spend our time doing what we do for us, and miss the opportunity to see a soul saved and changed for the glory of God. Shame on us. Amen. There's a song that once said, I want my stage to be an altar. So all the praise goes to the Father. And uh, the stage can be, this morning, if you want to turn in your Bible while I say this just a minute, John chapter 9. But the stage can be anything. It doesn't have to be a pulpit doesn't have to be a, a, a stage for the praise team. It could be a stage of ministry, whether it's uh, in the church or even out in the highways and byways of life. The stage of ministry today should be a place, an altar, a place where God can change lives through us. And I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Ghost in my life to help me. Amen. Now, we can't do this without the sweet Holy Ghost in our life. In this scripture we find, as we read here, I'm going to read this scripture, we find Christ in, in his great, great heart of ministry and the reason and purpose of his being here exemplified. The Bible said in verse number nine, uh, chapter, chapter nine, verse one, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world." When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went, and he washed, and he came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he, and others said, well, he looks like him, but he said, I am he. Therefore they said unto him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus. 
a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received my sight. I want to preach this morning on this thought for a few moments, the Christ effect. Amen. I don't want to have a church effect on anybody. I don't want to have a bread effect on anybody. Amen. But I want to have a Christ effect. Hallelujah in my life. And I'm telling you, when Christ came to this world, it was not about building a stage of fame. It was not about uh, uh, getting accolades and, and being glorified within the, the core of that particular ministry. That comes along with his sovereignty and who he is. But Christ came today, amen, in this particular scripture that he would do the work of his Father and that we would find souls changed for the glory of God. It's a dark place called sin, but thank God for the light today. Can somebody give him glory? It's a dark place, amen, called sin. But today, Jesus makes all the difference. Father, we love you and we pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Oh, let this vessel be a vessel of honor. Lord, as we've worshiped you, and God, I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, how you're leading us and guiding us, Father, for the beautiful times and moments we just spent together, lifting our voices in praise unto you. Your presence, God, just moving upon every heart in life. But God, I pray right now that you would speak to us words of truth. God, that would, would cause a life to be changed, that would cause someone to come out of darkness and begin to see that very hope of glory. Amen. Jesus moving to bring them victory in their life. God, we pray that you would anoint of the Holy Ghost every ear to hear, every heart to receive, and that when we leave this place, God, that you will have accomplished your purpose in this service through us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Thank God this morning for a man called Jesus. If we're not careful, we live in a society today that is so in tune uh, with the religious uh, uh, place of, uh, uh, of existence that we miss uh, the central focus of who it's all about and what it's all about. And so often and many times, uh, as I was coming up in life, there were many that were uh, religious figures that we looked up to, that we listened to, that we began to draw from. And if you're not careful, people will find themselves connected to uh, preachers and connected in great ways to leaders everywhere who have been exalted through their knowledge and through the working of God uh, that sometimes you're not careful, you will miss that connection with Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you today there's some that will leave a church when a pastor leaves. Come on, somebody. There's some that will leave and, and they'll disconnect when someone they looked up to, amen, makes a change in life or, or has to follow a different place that God is leading them or calling them. And along the wayside, people will leave and they'll back away and they'll find somewhere else to go or they'll follow that person along the way. But I want to tell you today, if we're not following Jesus, we're in a mess. 
Come on, give him praise if you want him. If we're not following Jesus, then we're in a mess. We need to be following the one who saved us, the one who has the power to change us, the one, amen, who will be with us when nobody else can be there, the one will be with you in your lowest place, the one that will lift you up to the highest place, the one that is able to take and do great works within your life. I want to tell somebody that God will use people, amen, and deposit in your life through them as he speaks to your heart, but never, ever get your eyes off the central focus of why and who you are. It's because Jesus Christ came and he is the one that made the difference in your life. Amen. We can say, oh, come to church, amen, and let's, uh, let's just come and hear the good singing and the good preaching, and it, it may all be beautiful, uh, but I'd like to say this, come meet a man uh, who'll take your life and he'll change it, uh, he'll turn it upside down, he'll cleanse it, uh, he'll sanctify it, uh, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost, uh, and before he gets through with you, uh, you'll think, my goodness, I never thought uh, life could be what it is today when Jesus gets a hold of your life today. Oh, today he has the power to break chains off of people's lives. In this scripture, we find just that. He has the power to go into the darkest place and deliver. He has the power to set addicts free. He has the power to restore relationships. He has the power and the grace and the glory to carry us into a place of great battle, delivering us victory in the face of the enemy as a church and individual. He has the power to give us joy when our hearts are heavy, when we want to get down, amen, and find a corner to give up in. He has the power that when we are weak, his precious Holy Ghost gives us the strength. He is this man called Jesus. This man called Jesus will keep you from having to just exist, amen, as usual, and cause you to rise above the very place where you're at and He'll be glorified in your life today. Oh, he wants to be glorified in you. Amen. He has the power. This man called Jesus. Oh, if people start getting saved, the church will grow. Woo! Hallelujah. Now the enemy said you shouldn't have said that, but I'm going to say it again. If people start getting saved and giving their lives to God, the church will grow. And if people start listening and, and watching Jesus and seeking after him and seeking after God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, people will, the church will grow. The Bible said in the, in the New Testament, the church grew such as should be saved, came to the Lord, and the church grew. They didn't grow because they had a good orator. Paul wasn't the best speaker, but God's anointing was on him. Amen, come on, somebody. 
somebody. The church grew because men and women of God, they came and they surrendered their lives to the truth of the gospel, the light of the world. They were living in darkness, many of them living according to the Mosaic law, but then they found out Jesus was the Messiah. And when they found out he was the light, they realized the condition of their lives and that they needed him to be the substitute. And they surrendered through repentance and gave their lives to the Lord. I remember the day when the Lord saved me. It wasn't just words. It was a heartfelt experience that changed my life. Thank God for the light that came into my life that day and revealed my condition so that I could rise up and take a new position in Christ because of who he is and not because of who I am. You can join every church this side of the country. Heard a preacher say the other day, and you'll never, unless you know Jesus, as your Savior and Lord, it'll never make any difference in the world. You can give as many times as you can give. Pour in all the offerings you want to pour in. Keep doing that, by the way. God will bless you for your faithfulness. But that's not what will deliver you. What will deliver you is knowing Jesus, accepting him as Christ. Lord and Savior of our life and letting him cleanse us. That means we've got to to take knowledge that there's something wrong and he is the one that can make it right. There is sin there and he's the one that can cleanse it. In John chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, Jesus is is, uh, leaving the temple in the previous chapter. As he's leaving the temple, they are frustrated with him. The Pharisees are on, they pick up stones They're about to stone Christ, but he hides himself and he makes an escape. And as he's making his journey, he passes by and he sees a man who was blind from his birth. This man, the Bible says on further down in those verses that we read, that he was a man that was a beggar. Many blind folks begged back in that day. Nobody had ever seen a blind man healed. It was a common thing for him to be in that position. This was physically. He was not able to see. Imagine his life, day in and day out, getting up and not being able to see anything that others could see. Blind from his birth, lived his entire life up until this point in this condition. Imagine, I don't know exactly how many years uh, uh, that he was of age, but he had lived a, a many day and a many year looking into the same uh, looking glass physically that only resulted in darkness. His personal life bare the reality of his blindness. Everything he did was based upon his condition. Everything he couldn't do was based upon his condition. His social life bare the very a reality of his blindness. Everybody that he knew knew he was blind and they treated him as if he was. Everybody he knew would come to him and minister to him in the reality of his condition. 
And maybe surely they would help lead him to the place where he could find a good place to beg, where there was a, a good crowd of people who would pass by with hearts of compassion that would reach out and give to him. But in my mind, I've got to think that day in and day out, although not knowing that there would ever be a day that his life would be turned around, I've got to wonder if he had a desire or if there was a secret hope within him. Or maybe did he dream? He'd never seen anything. Maybe he didn't even know what a tree looked like. Or, or maybe he didn't know, amen, what other things looked like that were around him. Maybe he could only imagine. But I wonder in that condition if he ever thought life would ever be any different. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice amen that can relate to what I'm talking about this morning. Surely he hoped for his sight yet he never anticipated seeing the true hope amen of ever seeing in the physical realm. This was a dark place to be. How many today have ever found yourself in a place where you thought that nothing was ever going to change? You reached a place where all you did was dream about it and you, you wondered hey man, what, what kind of day that would be if the possibility of something like this was to happen. But I just really don't know if this would ever happen. I don't know if this is going to be something that is going to, 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 to maintain throughout the course of my life or is there a moment where all this can be turned around I want to tell somebody today have you ever felt this is just the way it is and I learned to live with it the best way I possibly can has it set a precedent on your personal life has it set a precedent on your social life some people been waiting and waiting till you got tired of waiting and nothing ever happened when you wanted it to happen and so you let it be a precedent in your life that nothing was ever going to change that nothing was ever going to turn around you were just going to have to learn to live with it oh but thank God there's a man by the name of Jesus I said who can come in and he can turn any circumstance around in our life we don't have to settle when we know there's a God who is able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The problem is when we reach a place of complacency and we think there's no hope then we've set a precedent in our personal life. He may not to have faith and not to believe and to just say well this is the way it is. Shake off that complacency and put on faith again and say God you're Well, the preacher, he's never going to preach any better than what he does. Have faith in God. Come on, somebody. Well, the church, they're never going to get any better than what they are. Have faith in God. You're right. If Jesus don't come on the scene, it won't. Oh, but when God shows up and he begins to move, 
He has the ability to take us from glory to glory. He has the ability to take that which we've settled for and say you can have so much better. Why live a life of sin when you can live a redeemed life? Why live a life, amen, to God of complacency when you can live an anointed life? Why live a life, amen, of just getting by when you can live a life where the one who is able to lift you up above the mindset of just getting by. I'm going to rejoice because no matter what state I am, I am full of his grace and his grace is bigger than any... His grace does not settle. Why have we got to a place where we've just settled... Well, I'll just go to church and hope something happens. I just hope the, the Lord will move. I'll just say a prayer and I'll just hope. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We don't, we don't walk in. Don't do anything in doubt. Do it in faith. Woo! Quit resting in your condition and start resting in faith. This man was in a condition that could not change. And the Bible said as Jesus passed by, he saw. Now notice if you begin to do a little research on that and study this particular verse, the translation he saw literally refers that he took notice. He paid attention. He didn't just walk by and see this condition and pass on by. It grabbed his heart. It caused his compassion to put the brakes on. Oh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me he didn't cry out? No. How many know Jesus will pass by folks even if they're not crying out to him? He's doing it every day. He's moving forth and he passed by and he saw this man that was blind from birth and he, and he stopped in his tracks. And all of a sudden, immediately, the disciples begin to question. You got all those folk like to go negative on you. Well, bless God, they're going through that because they sin. you got to find a reason for it, for everybody's problems and what they're going through. Well, so-and-so's got cancer because they wasn't doing this and they wasn't doing They should have been praying. They should have been living right. They should have been this. So-and-so dealing with high blood pressure because they didn't know how to cast off them demons. I mean, everything ain't about a demon. Sometimes it's you. Oh, We reach a place of negativity sometimes where it's always somebody's fault. The reason why they've gone through something or the reason why. Can I tell everybody in this place you wasn't saved coming out your mama's womb? Man, that was quiet. You wasn't saved coming out your mama's womb. 
You needed salvation just like the one sitting next to you. And you might got, might have got saved at five years old, nine years old, 25 years old, or 80 years old. But the point of the matter was that the ground was level at the foot of the cross. Nobody is better than anybody. We all need Jesus. And maybe you did do some things that created the path and, and maybe you're so reaping some things that you've sowed. But what if you're not? What if you had a problem that had nothing to do with, with demons, that had nothing to do, amen, uh, specifically, had nothing to do with any particular sin that you've done? You were just born this way uh, and it was because of the sin nature that a discrepancy of brokenness uh, and sickness was there. And yes, uh, uh, it may have been because of the fall of man, but but listen to what I'm saying this morning. Everything's not demonic and everything's not about what you've done. It's about the condition of our fall from the Garden of Eden. He was born this way. So Jesus came and he looked upon him and they began to make fun or make accusations. But Jesus said, listen, he said, this man didn't sin. What, because he sinned or his parents sinned? Neither this man nor his parents. But this here is happening right now that God can be glorified. How about there's some things in your life that you were living with that you had learned to be satisfied with that God wants to be glorified in. Come on, somebody. How about some of the things you've been going through or some of the problems you've had? Instead of trying to find reasons why they're happening, have faith that somehow God can be glorified through it. This man is here today because the light of the world has stepped into his presence and there is darkness all around him and God through this man's experience is going to shine light into the darkest places. I want to go ahead and tell you, don't judge. God is able to take the vilest problem and be glorified in it. He's able to let his light shine in the darkest of situations. Your family may be going through hell. You may have lost people in your family, but God can take brokenness, step on the scene. Can somebody shout amen and reveal his truth in their life? There are people that are going to be saved because of what's happening in America today. Because many are already saying, haven't we heard this preach for so long? What's happening in the world today? And they're turning, many are turning to God because they're seeing his word revealed in their life. Oh, I'm telling you, Jesus said, this is that the glory of God would be revealed. So the first thing I want to say, say to you this morning is the light of the world has come to shed his light upon your darkness. The light of the world, Jesus, 
We want to come into your living rooms by way of social media. We want to come into your homes or in your car or wherever you may be able to pull up our services so that we can be a blessing as a church and God can work through us to touch your life. But the greatest desire we have is that his light shines upon our lives and our church and into this community. We're not looking to judge people for where they're at in life, what they've done or what they haven't done. We're looking to have a moment where God can be glorified and his light can shine through their lives. The Bible said the greatest way to do that is to let your light shine. Oh, hallelujah. That others may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John chapter 12, verse 46 said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should remain in darkness. I don't know about you, but I hate the dark. Unless it's time to go to sleep. Amen. I want to be able to see. I can't imagine going through life. I know many have, and there's some today that know what I'm talking about because you're there. I can't imagine going through that. If I had to go through it, if that was part of, of, of my lot, then I would pray that God would give me the grace to do it. But I don't want to walk in darkness. But this darkness that he's talking about is not a physical darkness. It's a spiritual darkness. Christ passed by. He took notice of the man's condition and he made a connection that affected his life in a way that he could have never imagined. This man did not wake up this morning thinking that this was going to happen to him in his life. What does that mean? That means there are people out there that you, you may minister to. They don't know. They're not expecting to be saved. They didn't wake up this morning and say, well, I think I'll get saved. But then as they're going through their day, they may run into one of you and the light shines in their darkness. Woo! Maybe you say something that, that all of a sudden gets their attention. And, and, and maybe a, a, a thing that you do begins to, to paint a pretty picture in their spirit that the light comes on in their life and they begin to tune in and maybe then you're able to minister to them in some kind of way that causes them to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to where their life is, is shined upon by the light of God where they can see their way to salvation. Come on, somebody. Thank God today for the lights that shine in darkness. He gave him sight because he couldn't see. He wasn't expecting it. Thank God today there have been a many that wasn't expecting to get saved in the moment they did. But Jesus passed by. I wish I had an organ behind me right now. I believe I'd get just whoo hoo hoo Maybe y'all feel what I'm feeling right now. Come on, somebody. 
But Jesus passed by. He passed by in your attitude towards your fellow man. He passed by in your kindness. He passed by in your generosity. He passed by in your taking time to have compassion on a lost soul. He passed by, amen, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon your life. He passed by. Oh, how many knows that Jesus is passing by if he's living in your life? He's passing by. Everybody, you're passing by. And he's his light is shining into the darkest of places today. I'd rather have Jesus shining in my life than have a stage of glory for myself. Give me Jesus, the man that's able to open blinded eyes and turn lives around today. He gave him sight. Now he could see what he couldn't see before. People out there, you get frustrated because they don't seem to respond to your kindness sometimes or your generosity or your ministry. They keep rejecting it, rejecting it. It's because they have not seen the light. They've not had the opportunity to see the error of living in darkness. This is the ultimate purpose of Christ, to dispel the darkness. I liken it under this. Y'all going to make me go back to Roscoe again. But I remember one of those shows, Brother Scott, that they had some what you call truth serum. Now, I don't know if that stuff's true or not. But old boss hog messed around and sat on it one day. And he was like New Gene the Lion Ledbetter. He'd climb a tree to get to tell you a lie, and he'd stand on the ground and tell the truth. And he couldn't help. He couldn't help but tell the truth because of that truth serum. Well, I want to reverse that for a minute because when you're living in darkness, you're under the control of the element of not being able to see. Does it make sense? You can't see the truth, so you can't respond to the truth in the proper way. When you can't see the truth, you cannot respond in a way that would be beneficial to your life. The ultimate purpose of Christ was not alone to heal the sick, but most importantly, to dispel darkness from the spirit and soul of man. We sing that song. I saw the light. I saw the light, no more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Because there was a great evidence and great difference between the darkness of sin we were living in and the light of truth that brought salvation.
He came to dispel darkness and reveal truth because you cannot make a decision that is beneficial to your soul living in darkness. Someone asked the question, can I just be real with you right now for a minute? Someone, the Christ effect is what I'm talking about. Someone asked me, said, how can, 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 can people vote to abort babies and, and to allow gay same-sex marriages and when they know what the word of God, how can they do this? They're living in darkness. There have been many people that read the word of God but have not accepted it as truth. They pick out what sounds good to them. They pick out what will work in their agenda and they leave the rest out. Oh, God is love. Absolutely he is. And he loved the world so much that he sent the light in the world that it would shine into these dark places and reveal the glory and the grace and the truth of God. Amen. Oh, that ain't popular preaching, preacher, but it's the preaching, amen, that brings us to level ground in truth at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. He didn't die on the cross for us to accept, amen, the world's standards of religion, but to live by faith and the grace and the glory of the Holy Ghost. He In this place, the life that I live, I live now according to what he's done, not what I've done. I was once lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. I'm not living for this life anymore. I now live that he be glorified. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His light gives clarity. Spiritual sight. Y'all realize how powerful the light of Jesus is? I mean, light that you can't see with your eye, but your soul can see it. This man was blind physically. God let him see the light physically. But his intention was to reveal spiritual light. Spiritual light. Why is that important? You may, not, you may never get to see physical light. Maybe one day you become blind physically. Oh, preacher, you speak of that on the, We need to anoint the preacher. Let him know. He got a demon. Let me tell you something. The greatest light you'll ever see is not the light you see with your physical eyes. 
is the light you see of Christ Jesus shining in the darkest of places. If you have not this light, then you cannot discern truth. You cannot enable experience, be enabled to experience the hope of truth. If any man comes to God, he must believe that he is. How can he believe that he is? Until he comes to the light. Christ Jesus is passing by. He knows your condition. He knows how to affect your life in a powerful way for his glory. Whether it's a physical condition or whether it's a spiritual condition, your condition is not a roadblock or a dead end. Don't settle for it. Wake up every day with a renewed prayer and faith that my God is able to supply all my needs and give me the desires of my heart. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 lets us know that the Lord's hand is not short, that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. In this moment, his presence had a purpose for this man. In this moment, this man was his purpose. I want to tell you, everybody, under the sound of my voice today, that you are the Lord's purpose. You're his purpose. Whether you see that or not, maybe another story. But you today are his purpose. How you react to that is the difference between darkness and light and a willingness to come to the light. Number two, many will reject that light. The Pharisees, they brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees and they began to interview him. And what they really wanted, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase some of this, what they really wanted was for him to testify in their favor. They didn't want him to declare Jesus as a son of God, as a man of God. They wanted him to not have any answers concerning who he really was because that would mess up their apple cart. They continued to look for reasons to reject Christ. They asked him, they said, who was this Jesus that opened your eyes? And he did it on the Sabbath day. And the Pharisees asked him again, how did you receive your sight? said, hey, he just put clay on my eyes. And I went and washed, and now I see. I know I got gap teeth, but still. I'm too old for braces, so I'm going to let them yank them out, and I'll get dentures one day. I'm not He didn't care who he was at that point. At that point, all he knew was, hey, I've been living a long time, couldn't see a thing. I don't care who he is <laughs> at this point. All I know is I can see. Wow. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Don't know what hit me. Sometimes the light shines, you don't even know what's happening. And here he is under interview, under interrogation. And I want to submit to you that the interrogation was also a benefit of the working of God's light. Because some of the Pharisees 
began to argue with him after that. He said, this man is not from God because he, he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who's a sinner uh, do such signs? And there was division among them. Some were now saying because of what happened to him that there's got to be more to this than, than this just be a sinner man. See, the light is, is starting to shine in darkness. This miraculous moment of God being glorified through this man's life is starting, starting to set in, not only and result in a life change for him, but also to make a difference in others who didn't believe. And so some of them were saying, no, 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 he, he broke the law on the Sabbath. There's no way. He's a sinner. He couldn't, he couldn't do these miracles. But then someone said, well, if he was a sinner, then how come he's able to do it? And so there were division among them. They were still trying to reject Christ. They argued the Sabbath law was being broken, therefore he was a sinner, and God doesn't hear sinners according to, the, according to their law. And yet others saw truth in the miraculous act of his grace, yet they argued, how could a man who's a sinner do such things? And there was division. John 3 and 19 said, this is the verdict. Y'all ready for this? That the light has come into the world. Why do you think? Give him glory. Why do you think that there are people today that are standing in solidarity on the Lord's side with the current condition of our nation? Because they ain't living in darkness. Why do you think you have an element of people who are working as hard as they can to do evil because their deeds are evil, to cover up the, the, the swamp, to cover up what's happening in America, families that are broken and people just trying to cover it up because they don't want their deeds to come to light. The reason why, hey man, we have not seen anything yet is the enemy's doing everything in his power to keep you covered up but I'm telling you, the light has come into the world. And if you have him, you have the light of life. If you've got God living in you, you shouldn't have a problem seeing as the light reveals unto you the glory of his truth. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You got Pharisees and Jews that are trying to stay connected with their own agenda because it keeps them in what they feel like is an authority, I guess. And they love the power and the fame and fortune of their ministry. But I've got to hurry through this. I'm almost through but I want to say this, and I hope this will lodge in your spirit if nothing else does. This man was being interrogated, and, and the enemy was trying to do everything he could to, to get him to conform, I believe, to what they were saying so that they could rest in, in what they're looking for and have a defense as to what Christ did. But you can't cover up the light. Come on, somebody. In our moments of test, his light outweighs the rest. Let the truth speak for itself. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. 
Just let God have his way. Let the light of that truth be your defense. And let the light of that truth reveal who he is. Can I go ahead and tell you today, you can't reveal anybody. You can't reveal Christ without the light. I can't reveal Christ without the light. There's a song that says, I could take a, can't take a haunt that's broken, mend it over again, but I know a man who can. When that light shines, dear God, <laughs> he is revealed. He is revealed. And he reveals himself through that light. And lastly, his light leads to life. His light has come to shine in the dark places. Many will reject his light, yet his light leads to life. This man was healed of his physical blindness. You can stand with me if you will, please. He was healed of his physical blindness. And yet, he had not known really who Jesus was. Through the course, you can play something softly if you will, brother. Through the course of this interrogation, his parents were questioned. He was questioned numerous times. And the answer remained. He said, this man Jesus, he made spit on the clay. He put the clay in my eyes. And I went and washed and I see. He even went so far in the questioning that he, he told him, he said, I've already told you. You keep asking me this like you want to be his disciple. <laughs> they got upset. Cast him out. He had already, through this interrogation, experienced more of the revelation of truth. And I believe because of the anger of the enemy. You know how to know you're walking in the right direction when you make the devil mad. Amen. You know how, how, how to know that, that you must be doing something right. You must be. How, how many has ever questioned, am I doing right? Am I going the right way? Sometimes you get lost in reality of it all. You're praying, you're doing everything you can, but sometimes things are just happening all around you. But God, if you make hell mad, you must be doing something right. But all for His glory. And I believe through this interrogation, He, he was seeing their frustration, their anger. And all I believe, and this is just my opinion here, I believe, Sister Rhonda, all He could think about why are they so upset? If they'd have been blind like I was and Jesus had passed by them, they'd be singing a different song right now. Wouldn't they? How, how easy it is for, him, for them to try to discredit who he is. Nobody's ever done what he's done. We haven't seen this before. The joy of our salvation, David prayed about so. David said, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation because it was a moment in time. It's a moment in time when you feel like a brand new person. 
And little by little, you're praying, you're living the life, you're, you're doing everything you can, but life is happening to you. And sometimes the enemy will try to lie to you. Oh, you're not saved. You get like David, Lord, under the pressure of all this, restore me the joy of my salvation. Let me taste it. You know you do that. People who have never been saved cannot understand the power of God's grace like those who have. And they'll never experience salvation until they come to the light. And that's what I believe he was saying. How can, how can they even sit here and argue this? was a sinner, he couldn't do that. He healed me. They got mad, they cast him out. But here comes Jesus. And Jesus begins to speak to him. Last point. He said, uh, do you believe in the Son of God? Verse 36, he said, who is the Lord? Notice he said, who is he, Lord? I believe he did. I believe through this conversation, he was getting a revelation. The light was shining. I believe he did. He said, do you believe in the Son of God? He said, yes, I believe. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in? Jesus said, you who, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. He said, Lord, I believe. I don't mean believe in, in, in the sense of that he just believed he was the Son of God. He really believed. And he fell. And he worshipped him. Oh, somebody needs to know today that the Christ effect is the sole purpose of ministry. Everything we do is so that His light can shine through our lives, through our church, and into the darkest of places. We may find ourselves sometimes going through the interrogations of our community. Literally where people are trying to reject our our doctrine. But we've got to be so sold out that when we are in places as Peter was and the questions are asked that we're willing to give an account to the grace and the glory of God within our lives. We'll say this Paul spoke with King Agrippa. I'll never forget as I've read that scripture over and over again, the heart-wrenching words after Paul's account of, his, of God's grace and salvation through his life. What King Agrippa said, he said, Paul, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. You know what Paul said? 
Jesus said, I would that I would not only all boost, but all together. Though Agrippa did not give his life to the Lord and come to the light of his truth, Paul yourself going through some some things in life, maybe things that have, have been going on since you were born. Maybe you're, you're saved and, and, and you'd like to see God move on a certain thing in your life that you've just settled to live with. Maybe today you're lost and you don't know the Lord is saved. You didn't know His light shines in these lives. Amen. That, that things can change. If you believe that today, will you do it? This altar is open today. God, shine your light in these places. As you stepped out today by faith, as the music's playing, I want you to stretch your hands this way. If you don't feel led to come to this altar, at least join us in faith where you're at. As we pray today for his light and pray over these needs. In the name of the Lord. 